be scared that they won't. We ought to fight for it. Sure. Absolutely. Jack, you come pray with them, please. Absolutely. Absolutely. Amen. Okay. Amen. Brother Jake's going to pray with you right here. If y'all pray for this lady, she's got cancer treatment in the morning. God be with her. Amen. If you got your Bible, turn your Bibles to Exodus chapter number 32. Exodus chapter number 32. Amen. I love the book of Exodus. My dad, this is probably, I think he says it all the time, this is probably his favorite book. This is a great book. This book, if you'll read through this book, you'll see how our Christian life is all throughout this book. If you're like me, and you are, because the Bible says we're all sinners, amen, we all started in Egypt which is a picture of sin, which is a picture of the world. That's where we all started, amen. And when we get saved, we are delivered out of Egypt. The Bible says that they walk through the Red Sea, amen. We're saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, which is red, amen. Amen. And we're saved and we're delivered through the Red Sea, through the blood of Jesus Christ. And then we are to live this life for Christ, amen. And just like the children of Israel, we fail, we fall, we... Sometimes can our, our our faith can be flat, amen. And sometimes uh, we we don't do what God tells us to. But ultimately, what we're trying to do is we're trying to get to Canaan. Canaan is not heaven. Canaan is a picture of the victorious Christian life, the will of God for every believer. And so many times we fall along the way to the will of God. Sometimes we don't have the faith that we should on the way to the will of God, amen. And sometimes it takes us longer, if if it's ever taken you longer than it should to be in God's will. Raise your hand this morning, amen. And because of the lack of faith of the children of Israel, it took them longer than it should have to experience the will of God. And I know that every one of us in here can relate to that, amen. But as I was reading uh, this passage of Scripture, Exodus chapter number 32, if you got your Bible, Exodus 32, as I was reading this passage of Scripture, and I'm sure if any one of you were reading this passage of Scripture, the same phrase would jump out and slap you just like it jumped out and slapped me. But uh, as I'm thinking about the children of Israel, the children of Israel were God's chosen people. Okay, these are God's chosen people. These are God's people. God rescued them from Pharaoh, rescued them from Egypt. He has brought them through the Red Sea. I want y'all to just take a minute and think about what the children of Israel have lifetime. More than, hey, listen, more than any of us have seen, amen? They seen the plagues. They seen how God sent plagues into Egypt. They saw how, hey, one morning they woke up. And their firstborn children were sitting around the table, but all of the Egyptians' firstborn sons were what? Dead. They seen God work miracles. They seen God bring, uh, part the Red Sea. Listen, I, I, Brother Victor, I think that would just about do it for me. If I saw, if I'm standing beside the ocean and, the, and it stands up like this and there ain't even mud there, it's just dry ground. And God said, y'all just walk on across. That, that would just about do it. I would just about do it. I don't think I would have a problem with faith from that point forward, right? Right? I mean, let's just be real. I mean, if that, if that happens, hey, if this happened to you, come tell me about it. Amen? 
And they walked through on dry ground. And, and it wasn't just that, Brother Alex. They got to the other side and they turned around. And all of the Egyptians and Pharaoh are coming hard after them. And God says, hey, watch this. Boom. And he closes that sea up, swallows them up. And listen, you ain't going to find this in your Sunday school book for your kids, amen. But the Bible actually says this. It says that the bodies, Devin, the bodies were washed up on the shore, amen. Said the Egyptians' bodies were just all over the bank. Amen. That's my God. Amen. I mean, if I saw that, I don't think I would have a trouble with faith anymore after that. Amen. And then they left there and they come to this place called Mara. And we know that that's where the bitter waters were. And they couldn't even drink of the water. It was so bitter. But then Moses cut down a tree. Amen. And he put it in the water. And the water wasn't just not bitter anymore. But the Bible says the water was sweet. Amen. They seen that. Man, ain't that a great miracle that they got to witness? But yet... Their faith was still not where it needed to be. Then they leave Mara and they see God provide for them through manna falling from heaven. I mean, if you wake up, bless God, amen. Hallelujah. You wake up and walk outside and homemade biscuits are just falling down. Krispy Kreme donuts, I mean, they just start falling down. Hey, amen, somebody say amen. My faith would be strong, Lord, amen. Thank God for Krispy Kreme. Somebody say amen for that hot sign, amen. Hallelujah. We're going to Tallahassee after this, baby. Amen. Amen. I love some Krispy Kreme. Amen. But when they walked outside of their tent and manna falls from heaven, amen, what a miracle to experience. What a miracle to experience. God shows them the Ten Commandments hey, right, right here in this chapter that we're reading. And Moses is up on the mountain. The Bible says that God told Moses, hey, don't let the children of Israel come up on this mountain. In other words, God said, Moses, I just want you. Okay? Y'all read with me in verse number one. And when the people saw that Moses, listen to this word, delayed to come down out of the mount, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, Up, make us gods which shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we wot not what is become of him. In other words, we don't know where he is. And Aaron said unto them, Break off the golden earrings which are in your ears of your wives, of your sons, and of your daughters, and bring them unto me. And all the people break off the golden earrings which were in their ears and brought them unto Aaron. And he received them at their hand. Now let me just say, let me stop right here in verse number 3. Obviously, if you know this story, you know that Aaron's fixing to make a golden calf. And, and the children of Israel are fixing to worship it. Are they, are they supposed to do that? Absolutely not, okay? But I want to point something out in verse number three. Oh, in verse number one, too, by the way. All the people come to, to Aaron and, 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 and complaining and telling them, hey, we got to do, we, we need to, we need to make us gods. Little G gods. And I want to just say this. Just because there's a group of people that are shouting something don't mean it's right. Amen. There was a big crowd against Aaron and Aaron said, well, I guess because there's a big crowd that are for it, I guess I'll just go along with it. Okay, I just want to say this to a, to a teenager that's in high school and you feel like you're the only one serving God, just because everybody ain't serving God don't mean you're wrong. Amen. You keep serving God. You keep making a stand. You hold that banner high. Amen. You live a Christ-centered life. Amen. It don't matter if nobody agrees with you. You just keep doing it. Amen. Amen. But then we get to verse number three, and I'm, fixing, I'm under conviction right now. I ain't even said it yet. 
Bible says, and all the people, Aaron says, hey, all right, y'all, y'all want some gods? I'll make you some gods. Y'all go back home and bring me all your gold. And the, in verse number three, and the people break off all their golden earrings, which were in their ears and brought them unto Aaron. Let me just say this. This is what God told me right here. We are always willing to give to our idols. We will give more to our idols than we'll give to God. Let me just stop right here and say this. When the children of Israel came out of Egypt, they didn't have anything. What is that? What are you trying to say, Brother Dalton? I'm saying the gold that they actually had, it came from who? God. They used what God had given them, Brother Vic, to build an idol. We'll always give more to an idol than we will give to God. What are you trying to say, brother? I'm trying to say we'll, we'll spend more time and gas money running our children around so they can serve a basketball team or a baseball team or a football team than we'll ever spend trying to get them to know Jesus, amen, or send them to a summer camp. Amen. I'm a youth pastor. I can say this kind of stuff. Amen. I'm about to get on my own case. We'll spend more, brother Randy, on a set of golf clubs because that's what we love to do. And that sometimes can be our, what, idol. Let me just stop right here and say this, if y'all were wondering. An idol is something that you worship. Well, Brother Don, I ain't never raised my hands for a golf club. Amen. But you spent more time focusing and thinking about that than you did the things of God. Y'all didn't, I did. Sorry, I'm preaching on my case. Amen. And we'll spend more money and time on golf. We'll spend more money and time on fishing and hunting. And Lord, I'm all over my case this morning. I got to move on. Amen. We'll spend more time and we'll, hey, we're, we're willing to give to things that are idols, but we're not so willing to give to things that are for God. Amen. And he received them at their hand, verse number four, and worse, and fashioned it with the graving tool after he had made it a molten calf. And they said, listen what they say. I just wanted to go into this Bible and slap these people. These be thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. They make a God and they say, this calf right here is the one that brought us out of Egypt. These people have lost their mind. They ain't no golden calf that is man-made, ever done anything for nobody. Amen. And so many, this is what, this is what I got out of this verse. You can lead somebody to water, but you can't make them drink it. I mean, you can see the greatest things. You can come to church like to this morning and see God move and hear God speak to, uh, and watch God speak to other people and it not affect you one bit. These people have watched the sea be opened up for them to walk across. And they said, you know what? It must have been that calf that we just made. That we, y'all hear that? That we just made. But we done been across the sea for weeks. Amen. We're silly. Y'all say, well, this is silly. But guess what? We the same way. Verse number five. And when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made proclamation. And said, Tomorrow is the feast of the Lord. And they rose up tomorrow and, and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go get thee down for thy people. He called them. He told Moses, he said, Your people. I need some parents. Y'all know what I'm talking about. When you look at your wife, Brother Vic, and you say, Your son. Anybody ever done that? When he's doing good things, he's my son, right? When he's coloring on the walls at the church, he's her son. Amen. <laughs> Moses says, or God says to Moses, your people, thy people, you crazy people, which thou brought us out of the land of Egypt, have corrupted themselves. 
They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I have commanded them. They have made them a molten calf and have worshipped it and have sacrificed thereunto and said, this is Jesus, this is God speaking, not Jesus, this is God speaking to Moses. He says this, this is what this is what your people have said. These be thy gods, O Israel, which have brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. Now, who just said that? God said that. I want to point something out right here. This is what God showed me right here. You might not, hey, you might not think God's listening, but he's listening. You might not be listening to God. You might be serving idols, but he's watching you while you are. And he's listening to the things you say while you are. Amen. If that don't convict you, I don't know what to do. Verse number 22, we're going to skip down. This is Aaron. When Moses comes off the mountain mad as fire, Aaron's doing like this. Okay? Y'all got to be in the story with me. And Aaron said, let not thy anger of my Lord wax hot. Thou knowest thy, the people that they are set on mischief. Listen to Aaron. This is all right, Joker. He said, Moses, don't get mad. You know how crazy these people are. Calm down, Moses. These people's crazy, okay? 23. For they said unto me, Make us gods which shall go before us. They really did say that. For as for this Moses, the man that thou brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we wot not what has become of him. They really did say that. And I said unto them, Whosoever hath any gold, let him break it off. He really did say that. So they gave it me. Then I cast it into the fire, and there came out this calf. Now he just started lying. Okay? How many of y'all got kids that tell you some of the truth? Amen. I know I do. My Wyatt, he's done gotten to this thing where he says, Wesleyan, Wesleyan. He knows good and well it was him. Amen. And Aaron's saying, hey, look, these people, they come to me, Moses, they come to me. They said, look, we need a God. We need a, we need a golden God. We need you to build us one. And so I didn't want to, Moses. I did not want to. Okay. I told him, look, hey, just go get your gold and bring it to me. He said, and I just threw it in the fire. That's all I did. That's all I did. And then there's this calf that just comes out of it. I don't know what happened. That ain't what happened. He Bible says that he used his own tools, his engraving tools. And, made, hey, look, his fingerprints was all over. Amen. Verse number 25, And when Moses saw the people were naked, I heard a preacher say this when I was studying for this. He said, the farther you get from God, the more the less clothes you have on. Amen. I'm just going to leave that right there. I'll let the pastor do handle that. Amen. For Aaron hath made them naked under their shame among their enemies. Verse number 26. Then Moses stood. This is our verse. Then Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said. Y'all read this with me. Who is on the Lord's side? Who is on, did that not just jump out? I mean, I was reading this and it just jumped out and hit me right between the eyes. And Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, Who's on the Lord's side? Let him come unto me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together unto him. And he said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Put every man his sword by his side and go in and out from gate to gate throughout the camp and slay every man his brother and every man his companion and every man his neighbor. And the children of Levi did according to the word of Moses, and there fell of the people that day about 3,000 men. Wow. You want to talk about getting serious. Moses said, if you're on the Lord's side, come over here. 
The Bible says the Levites came over there. He said, all right, y'all the only ones going to stand for God. Go get your swords and go kill them. Aren't y'all glad this didn't happen today? Amen. And they go, they go out and 3,000 people died. Now, there's more than 3,000 people that didn't come to the Lord's side. But everything I read said that these 3,000 were probably the most flagrant, idolistic people of the bunch. And so this is what I want to preach on this morning. Who's on the Lord's side? Who's on the Lord's side? Now, before I go any further, I want to remind you. These people were who? God's chosen people. Why would Moses have to ask them who's on the Lord's side if they are known for being God's chosen people? These were God's chosen people. Why were they asked who's on the Lord's side? These are the people that God has rescued out of sin, out of bondage, out of Egypt. He's crossed the Red Sea. He's shown them manna. He's, he's, he's shown them Mara. He's, he's done all these great and wonderful things. Why are these people the ones that are being asked who is on the Lord's side? I'll tell you why. I'm going to give you, I'm, I'm, I got a bunch of points this morning. Somebody say amen. I'll tell you three reasons why they were asked this question. Number one. Verse number one of chapter number 32. They allowed their delays to affect their decisions. Look at verse number one. And when the people saw that Moses, what? Delayed to come down out of the mount, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said, up, make us gods. Why did they say up, make us gods? Because they were what? Tired of waiting. Tired of waiting. You know what, you know how people get to a point where we have to say, man, are you really on God's side? This is how we get to that point. Because God's not doing things on our timetable, so we just settle for something less than Him. Well, how does that happen, Brother Dalton? I, I think about, I think about young people who are young and out of, out of college and out of high school and they're looking for a spouse. And they're praying and they got this list and this is what I'm praying for. I want a good looking woman. I want her to go to church. I want her to pray with me. I want her to sing in the choir with me. I want her to serve with me. And they got all these points, Brother Trent. And they start praying for them. And after a year or two of praying for them and God ain't sent no woman, they say, you know what? She don't have but one of the check marks, but she'll do. It got quiet because it's true. It got quiet because it's true. And listen, we settle for things that ain't of God because we're tired of waiting. And what that does is it puts us in a place where before we know it, we are idolistic and we're serving ourselves and we're worshiping things we shouldn't be worshiping. Don't let your delays affect your decisions. Number one, they allowed their delays to affect their decision. Number two, they allowed their uncertainty to affect their leadership. Verse number one. They go to Aaron. Is Aaron the leader? No. Is Aaron even supposed to be in the picture? No. But Moses was a crybaby and didn't want to talk in front of a crowd. And so he said, Lord, I need, I need somebody to help me talk because I'm scared. I get stage fright. And so God says, well, I called you to do it, but if you don't want to do what I called you to do, I'll send you Aaron. And now, because Aaron, or because Moses wasn't obedient to God, now Aaron is causing problems. 
And that should be a, a message to all of us this morning. When God tells you to do it, he will equip you to do it. Amen. Oh, I, I can't sing. I, I can't, sir. I can't talk in front of people. Listen, if God called you to do it, he'll equip you to do it. Amen. Just do what God tells you to do, because if you don't, there'll be things that enter, to enter into your life that will cause you problems later. Amen. And so Aaron here, they go to Aaron. Aaron's not the leader, but they go to Aaron because that's who's there. Amen. And listen to what they say at the end of verse number one. Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we wot not what has become of him. They were uncertain. We sang about it this morning. I don't know what's going to happen later in my life. And we get uncertain. And so we abandon the leadership of God. And we find our own leadership. I know preachers today. Excuse me, I just spit everywhere. Amen. I know preachers today, Brother Vic, they will not make a decision that comes out of their prayer closet. They won't make a decision based on a verse that God gave them. They'll call 15 preachers until one of them gives them the answer they want to hear. And they'll say, that's God. God told me to go. And so they, they leave everything, they quit their job, and they go and they do what they want to do because they left the leadership of God. Why'd they leave the leadership of God? Because they were uncertain. Well, I don't know what's going to happen, so I... Don't let your uncertainty change your leadership. Listen, God's always the leader. And if it's not God that is the leadership in your life, it should be someone that God has placed in your life. Amen. Amen. They allowed their delays to affect their decisions. They allowed their uncertainty to affect their leadership. Number three, they allowed their worship to be shared with other gods. Verse number five and six, and when look at what Aaron did. And when Aaron saw, uh, when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made proclamation. Look what he said. This is after he just built a golden calf. And said, tomorrow is the feast of the Lord. And they rose up early tomorrow and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and to drink and rose up to play. This is what they did. They built a calf on Saturday. And they woke up on Sunday and said, all right, it's the Lord's day. Amen. I'm blessed and highly favored. And they come into church and worship God after they just made a calf on Friday and Saturday. How many of us, us, me included, worship an idol all week and then want to come into church and act like we're going to worship God? Listen, Aaron is smart. He didn't say, we're not going to worship God anymore. We're only going to worship this calf. No, that's not what he said. He said, it's all right, y'all, we can do both. We can do both. This is the, hey, listen, this is the mindset of so many Christians today. Listen, listen to me when I tell you, you cannot serve two masters. You can't be hot and cold. You can't, you can't be lukewarm. You're either for God or you're against God. You can't serve the devil all week and then want to come worship God on Sunday. I heard a preacher say one time, you can't be married to the devil all week. And then go kiss the Lord on Sunday. You can't have it both ways. The Bible says, choose you this day whom you will serve. What idol is it in your life? What is it? 
Maybe it's a career. It's your idol. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a relationship. It's your idol. Maybe it's a child. Maybe it's a grandchild. Maybe it's a hobby. And all you're consumed with it. You're consumed with it, and all you think about is that idol. All you think about is that idol. And you want to give your best to it. I'm all for giving your best. But if we're going to give our best to something, let's give it to God. Amen. They allowed their worship to be shared with other gods. Satan's real good. He's real good at saying, hey, you ain't got to get rid of the Lord. The Lord is good. Just come over here and worship this idol with me for a little while. Because he knows if he if, if he was to come to us and say, I need you to stop going to church. I need you to quit reading your Bible. I need you to go against everything that's godly. He knows what we'd say. No way. I wouldn't do that. There's no way. I would not do that. Amen. So he's not going to come at you from that angle. He's going to say, look, go to, go to church on Sunday. I'll see you back on Monday. It's all right. Amen. It's all right. Get you some good rest and we'll get back after it on Monday. Y'all know I'm telling them the truth. Amen. Amen. If you're on the Lord's side, you ought to be only on the Lord's side. Amen. Though they made these mistakes. Amen. Though they made these mistakes. This is why. This is why Moses had to ask the question. Who's on the Lord's side? Now I'm going to give you a few points on how we can prove we're on the Lord's side. Moses said, hey, who's on the Lord's side? If you're on the Lord's side, this is what I want you to do. Everybody ready? Number one. By the way, let me just say this. Don't tell me. Look at that finger. Don't tell me you're on the Lord's side if you don't do these things. Number one, make a decision to stand. Moses said, who's on the Lord's side? And the Bible says only the Levites stood. Stood. We've got to make a decision to stand. I tell these these young people all the time. Uh, when we're at camp and we're at, the decision to stay pure should not happen on Friday night after the football game. The decision to stay pure should happen in a church house in summer camp before you ever are, have the opportunity to make that mistake. Amen. We should make decisions today and stand on them tomorrow. Tomorrow, church, and it ain't just young people that need to get a hold of this. It's every single one of us in this room. Listen, don't wait for the opportunity of Satan to give you that. Listen, he's not going to give it to you in a place where you can say no. Listen, he knows exactly how to offer it to you. Listen up, men. Listen up, women. He knows exactly how to offer it to you so that it is the most enticing that it possibly can be. And that at that moment is not the moment to try to make the right decision. The moment to try to make the right decision is on a Sunday morning on October the what? 23rd. On a Sunday morning at 11.45, 12 o'clock. Hopefully I'll be done by 12 o'clock. Amen. You can make a decision this morning that you're going to stand for God. Not tomorrow when you're faced with the opportunity to abandon Him in idolistic worship. Today is when we make a decision. Today is when we make a decision. Moses said, hey, if you're on the Lord's side, I don't... Obviously, just being called God's people is not working. Obviously, just seeing God's miracles and being known as God's chosen people ain't working for you. In other words, this way say it. Obviously, the word Christian means nothing to you. If you're on the Lord's side, I need you to stand up. 
I need you to make a decision that you're not afraid, that you're not ashamed, amen, a decision to stand. Make decisions today that you can stand on tomorrow. Have you made a decision to stand this morning? Have you made a decision to stand? I'm talking to adults. I'm talking to teenagers. I'm talking to young adults. I'm talking to senior saints, amen. Have you made a decision to stand for God? Well, I'll do that when, when, the, when the opportunity comes, I'll do it. No, you won't. Make a decision this morning, amen. Don't tell me you're on the Lord's side if you will not stand. Don't tell me you're on the Lord's side if you will not make a demonstration, a demonstration of surrender. I heard a, I heard a preacher say this, or read a, a preacher that had typed this. He said, Moses was looking for a demonstration, not a declaration. You know what God's looking for? He's not looking for somebody who knows how to post on social media. He's not looking for somebody who knows how to stand on the, on the corner of the street at the football game and say, repent sinners for Christ is coming. He's not looking, hey listen, he's not looking for somebody to come to church on Sunday and stand in the choir and sing. He's not looking for somebody to come to church on Sunday and be an usher or be on the care team and open the door for everybody. He's looking for somebody that lives what they preach. He's looking for somebody who is not just going to make a declaration of their loyalty to God, but they're going to demonstrate their loyalty to God. When Moses said, who is on the Lord's side, the Levites didn't think about it. Okay, they didn't say, is this going to go with my social status? Is this going to look good to everybody that I'm friends with on Facebook? No, they said, I don't, I am on the Lord's side and I'm proud to be on the Lord's side. Let me ask you this question. Are you demonstrating your loyalty to God? Are you just here to talk about it? Number one. (coughs) Excuse me. They were willing to stand. They were willing to demonstrate their, their surrender. Number three. They were willing to distance themselves through sanctification. Verse number 26. Sanctification means to come apart. To set yourself apart. By the way, when you get saved, you ought to be sanctified. Amen. Come away from the world. Amen. Verse number 25. When Moses stood in the the, uh, gate of the camp and said, Who is on the Lord's side? Let him what? Come unto me. In other words, leave where you are and come to me. Leave the people you've been hanging with and come to me. Leave that job that is causing you spiritually to fail and come to me. Quit sitting around the lunch table with them people at work that ain't talking about me. Sanctify yourselves. Listen, if you're on the Lord's side, you have no problem stepping away from something that is cancerous to your Christian life. So many, hey, I see it all the time and I've been a part of it myself. We allow ourselves to be attached to something that is a cancer to our Christian life. Sanctify yourself. If you're on the Lord's side, there's got to come a point in your life where you're willing to let go of your old man and embrace the new. Let go of the old friends and embrace the new. Quit telling the old jokes and embrace the new. Quit going to the same old places every Friday night and embrace the new. Amen. We must sanctify ourselves. Moses said, I I don't want you to stand where you are. I want you to come to me. In other words, leave where you are. It ain't working. Amen. Amen. You know, in the tabernacle, there was only one allowed in the Holy of Holies. Sometimes you got to get all along with him. 
Listen, everybody ain't on the Lord's side. I hate to break that to you. I hate to burst your bubble. I know some of y'all thought everybody's on the Lord. Listen, everybody's not on the Lord's side. Y'all ready? Your friend, all your friends are not on the Lord's side. I know you want to believe it, and I do too. But they're not on His side. Uh Uh-oh, I'm fixing to hurt somebody's feelings. Not all your family is on the Lord's side. But Brother Dalton, they're my family and I love them. Listen, I, I know you do. And I got family members that I would do anything in the world for. But they're not on his side. And so I cannot fellowship every single day with them because it hurts my relationship with him. Amen. Are you still standing with people who are, on, who are not on God's side? Number four. You got to be not only make a decision to stand, you must demonstrate your surrender. You must distance yourself from your through sanctification. Number four, you must be dressed with your sword. Verse number 27, the Bible says, And, and he said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Put every man his sword by his side. You don't know how you, you can tell somebody's on the Lord's side? Everywhere they go, they carry their sword with them. Amen. You want to know if somebody's on the Lord's side? They know, they know more Bible than just the uh, regular old milk-drinking Christian. Amen. Amen. You know there's Christians that's been saved 20 years, Brother Trent, and they're still drinking milk. They're still drinking milk. They come to church every single Sunday and Wednesday night, but they don't have a relationship through God's Word. This is your sword. Amen. The Bible says it's sharper than any two-edged sword. This is your defense. This is your protection. Amen. This is your life. You can't be on the Lord's side and abandon your sword. Amen, Brother Sheldon. You got to carry it with you. And if it, if it ain't carrying it physically with you, you're carrying it in your heart. Amen. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I what? Might not sin against thee. Everywhere I go, I ought to be carrying the word of God, if not physically in my heart. Amen. You got to be dressed with your sword. Are you carrying your sword? You carry your sword to work? You carry your sword to church? Do you carry your sword to school? Amen. I mean, I... I'm enjoying this little story, amen. I don't know about y'all. If you're on the Lord's side, you'll always have your sword with you. Number five, I'm done. If you're on the Lord's side, you must, and this hurts, you must destroy stumbling blocks. Verse number 27, the Bible says, put on your sword and go in and out from the gate throughout the camp and slay every man his brother. Now, this wasn't saying to everybody, hey, go find your brother and kill him. That's not what this is saying. And slay every man, his companion. This doesn't mean go into your friend's house and kill somebody. And every man, his neighbor. This doesn't mean walk across the road, especially Brother Mark with his friend right here. Don't go across the road and kill your neighbor. Amen. It's not what he's saying. This is what he's saying. If your brother is not on the Lord's side... Eliminate him from having a effect on your life. If your companion or your friend is not on the Lord's side, you must eliminate him from having an effect on your Christian life. If your neighbor, and we just learned about it a few weeks ago who our neighbor is, our neighbor is everybody. If you weren't here, you missed it. It was great. If your neighbor is not on the Lord's side, Eliminate them from having any effect on your life. 
What are you saying, Brother Dalton? I'm saying this. If you're on the Lord's side, you are willing to eliminate people in your life who will hinder your Christian walk. How many of y'all have ever been talking to somebody and you just know they're lying? This is, this is one of the biggest ways I can see it. Listen, this is one of the biggest ways I can see it in somebody that's claiming to be on the Lord's side, but yet they still hang out with the same people that they always hang out with. And they say, I don't know why, man, I'm trying to quit drinking, but I mean, and, but they always at the bar. Amen. It's like if you want to quit drinking, eliminate that stumbling block, amen? Don't even go. And that's a very uh, exaggerated example. Man, I'm trying to clean my mouth up. But they hang around people all day. They got filthy mouths. My mom always told me, I know they told you to this too. What goes in is going to come out. When you listen to it all day, it's going to come out. And so many of us, we, we, we best friends with the stumbling block. We best friends with a stumbling block. We carry him around everywhere we go. We make sure we text him every day. If somebody, listen, if somebody's not bringing you closer to the Lord, they're most likely drawing you away. The Bible says, you need to buy some iron. Amen. Because the stumbling blocks that you are holding on to are literally killing you. Spiritually. Spiritually. Killing you. I see it all the time, especially in ministry. People come in and they get saved and they get excited about God, but they don't get rid of the stumbling blocks. And so they're so excited for such a short period of time and then they allow their friends to say, hey, why are you always going down to the church? Just take one Sunday off. Come have a Sunday fun day with us. And before you know it, that cancerous stumbling block has laid hold on their Christian life, and they are dying. Let me ask you this question this morning, as Miss Teresa comes to the piano. Are you on the Lord's side? And before we all, hey, every one of us, this is what everybody just did. I thought I was too, until I started reading. You know what I found out? I got stumbling blocks. I haven't stood like I should. I wasn't as demonstrative of my life for God as I should have been. I wasn't carrying God's word as I should have been. I wasn't distancing myself through sanctification. Listen, I'm not pointing the finger at you. I'm telling you, this is what God told me. That's all I'm doing this morning, telling you what God told me. Who's on the Lord's side? This is what we're going to do. We're going to pray. And this is what I want you to do. I'm going to say it just like Moses said it. Who's on the Lord's side? Come down to this altar. Make decisions today you can stand on tomorrow. Who's on the Lord's side? Come down to this altar and get a hold of your sword like you used to hold on to that sword. Who's on the Lord's side? Make a decision today that you're going to demonstrate your life for Christ tomorrow. Who's on the Lord's side? Come down here and say, Lord, I don't want to let them go. They've been my friend for a long time.
but I've got to let them go because if not, they're going to kill me spiritually. Who's on the Lord's side? If you're on the Lord's side today, come destroy some stumbling blocks in your life. Maybe there's an app on your phone you need to delete. Maybe there's a destination in your GPS you need to get rid of. Maybe there's a contact in your contacts you need to delete. Don't be afraid. Listen, if we're going to be on the Lord's side, if we're going to be God's people, we've got to make some decisions. Amen. Come down to these altars this morning. Let's get on the Lord's side. Let's be God's people. Let's be a Christian that he'd be proud to call his own. Lord, we love you. Lord, we thank you so much for loving us. Lord, I thank you for your word. Thank you that it's sharp. Sometimes it cuts, Lord. Sometimes it hurts. Lord, sometimes it hits places that are uncomfortable in my life, but I thank you for it, Lord, because it makes me better. It makes me better. Sometimes you have to purge. Sometimes you have to trim. Lord, it ain't comfortable, but Lord, it's needed. I thank you for that. I pray that you'd help us all, Lord, this morning, every single one of them, the people that are in this room under the sound of my voice. Lord, help us to choose your side. Lord, the devil will paint a beautiful picture about how great his side is, but Lord, help us to choose your side. It's worth it in the end. Lord, I pray that you'd help us, every single one of us. Lord, we need you today more than we did yesterday. We're going to need you tomorrow. I pray that you'd help us, Lord. Lord, I thank you for this church. Thank you for the Spirit of God that moves in this place every single week. Lord, I thank you for the challenges. I thank you for the comfort. Thank you for the encouragement I get every time I come through these doors. Help us this morning in Jesus' name. Every head bowed, every eye closed real quickly. Real quickly. If you're on the altar, if you don't mind, just stay where you are for just a second. I don't want to make anybody distracted. If you're sitting in here this morning, you say, Brother Dalton, I'm never choosing a side. I've never been to church. I've never been, I've never been involved in church. Or maybe you say, I've been in church, Brother Dalton, and it's, it has been bothering me for weeks now that I have not made a decision to be on God's side. Listen, you can leave out of here this morning on God's side. You can get saved this morning. Salvation is one of the most beautiful things that any person in the whole universe can experience. I was talking to a man this morning who just got saved. He's fixing to get baptized. And he was telling me how much joy that salvation has brought him. Listen, you can experience that same joy this morning. If you're not saved in here, maybe you don't know what saved is. Listen, this is what it is. If you've never made a decision to make Jesus your Lord and Savior, if you don't have a moment in time in your life where you asked him to be Lord over your life, then you're not saved. Listen, the difference between being saved and being unsaved is a saved person goes to a beautiful place called heaven and a lost person goes to a terrible place called hell. But here's the beautiful thing. You don't have to go to hell. You can go to heaven this morning. I wonder if there's anybody in here. Brother Dalton, I've never had that day, that moment where I've gotten saved and made Jesus my Lord. If that's you, this is what I want you to do. I want you to look up at me real quick. Anybody like that? Brother Dalton, I've never, I've never made Jesus my Lord. I've never got saved. I don't have a moment I can go back to. Is there anybody like that? Just look up at me. Anybody like that? Real quickly. Don't let the devil talk you out of it. Is anybody like that? Is that you? Amen. You can look down. I'm not going to embarrass you. I promise. I'm not going to come to you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Don't let the devil talk you out of it. Anybody else? 
Real quickly. Anybody else? Amen. If that, that one that looked up at me, I'm not going to call you out. I'm not coming to you. I don't know your name. I'm not going to call you out. I just want you to listen to me just for a second. Just for a second. If I can get a lady to show you in God's Word how you can be saved. Everybody in here has got their eyes closed. Nobody's going to see you. Nobody's going to embarrass you. And listen, the people that are sitting by you would be so excited you have no idea if you made this decision for Christ today. All you have to do, listen, listen, I got a lady right over here and she's got her Bible and she'll show you how you can be saved. If you'll do that, this is what I want you to do. I just want you to quietly get up from where you're at and just ease towards the front. Ain't nobody looking around, it's just me. Would you do that this morning? Would you come up here and let me show you? I'm not going to force you. The decision is yours. But I'm telling you, it'd be the best decision of your life. Do you want to do that this morning? Okay. I'm not going to force you. Listen, before we leave, please, please find me. Don't leave this place unsure. Find me. I won't embarrass you. I won't call you out. I'm not going to come find you in the parking lot. I'm not going to force you to do it. Please find me. Let's get it right this morning. Lord, thank you for this morning. I thank you for your word. I thank you that it challenges us. It makes us better. I pray for the one that looked up this morning. Lord, acknowledge their need for salvation. Lord, I, I pray that you'd protect them, Lord, until they get it right with you. Lord, I pray that you'd, Lord, I pray that you'd allow them to have the courage and the bravery, Lord, to get it right today before it's everlasting too late. Thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Brother Jake's going to baptize Brother Harry. Church, this is Harry. He got saved back on October the 9th and has come to follow the Lord in baptism. Harry, because of your profession of faith, I baptize you now, my brother, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Buried with him in baptism. Raised to walk in newness of life. Hallelujah. Amen, Brother Harry. Amen. Ain't that awesome? Y'all see that smile? That's contagious, ain't it? Amen. I love Brother Harry. I just got to meet him. I got to spend some time with him at the uh, men's fellowship the other night. And boy, let me tell you something. That man is excited about being saved. Amen. He came to me this morning. He had his bag full of clothes. He said, Brother Dalton, where do I go to get changed? Amen. 